cool, good. Anyway, I want to talk about this Easter thing. So we've, this Easter uh, kind of begins with when you look at the scripture about Jesus when he'd gathered with the, the disciples and they um, had the Last Supper together and then he introduces this thing called uh, what we call communion, you know, um, the bread and the wine and, and whatnot. And I love the tail end of when Jesus said, you know, about what the wine meant. The wine was about um, a new covenant God was making with mankind. There was a new way that had come to the planet. And these 12 men, one where he was going to lose, but these 12 men were being introduced to this wonderful new way that God was going to bring to have a relationship with mankind. You know, it wasn't about our self-effort. It wasn't about how good we could be. It was about the fact that God was going to die on the cross for you and I and make a road and a way where we could be in a relationship with him. And um, then it goes on where, you know, the terrible uh, betrayal that Jesus suffered by Judas Iscariot. Uh, then those who had been close to him uh, basically ran out on him. They all freaked out, panicked and ran away. Uh, you know, all of those emotions locked up in Jesus we find in the Garden of Gethsemane when um, he cries to the Father and he's, God, if in any way possible, Father, can this cup be taken away from me? And then he realizes in his prayer that, no, this is why he came to planet Earth. And so he submits to the plan of his father. And then he goes through that terrible suffering of uh, being beaten, mocked. You know, the hand that held the universe, my friends, was pierced on a cross. Blood was spilt for you and me. And the suffering, the whipping alone on the cross when, you know, the scripture tells us that the father could, had to turn his back on his son. All that locked up in this Easter. And then we come to the resurrection. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, the resurrection. I want to read from, where did I put my glasses? Jess, can you chuck them up there, please? I'm tempted to tell them about your story about fasting, Jess, but I don't want to lose my... If you weren't here the other night... You missed out on something, eh, Jesse? Anyway, I just, so I just kind of want to look at John's recollect, recollection or his writing of the resurrection. John chapter 21 through to 10. I'm going to read through it in its entirety to you. John chapter 21 through to 10 in the New King James Bible. Verse 20. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the disciples uh, whom Jesus loved, John, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Verse 3, Peter therefore went out uh, and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, uh, and the other disciple outran Peter. That would be like me and, me and you, Terry. You'd be running and I'd run past you because... I'm faster kind of thing, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Dream on, Keith. Uh, and and uh, I'm losing track. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went in to the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying uh, with the linen cloths, 
but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Very interesting. So here's this rendition of John talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Mary Magdalene, she goes, the stone, is, the stone had been rolled away. She thinks somebody has stolen the body of Jesus. She runs. Peter and John have a race to get there. And uh, the tomb's empty. And here's the thing that we must understand as Christians, that the resurrection is the key to identifying who Jesus really is. You see, there are many world religions around who actually accept Jesus as a great teacher, as a Messiah, as, not as a Messiah, sorry, as a prophet and this and this. Islam recognizes Jesus as a great prophet. But the crux for Islam, as it is with many other religions, there are two things that every other religion in the world rejects about Jesus that we hold true to. Number one is that he is the son of God. He is God in the flesh. Both God and man, God came to the planet earth. Number one, most important thing for a Christian that identifies you as different from every other religion on this planet. Number two is the resurrection. You see, Islam, like Judaism, uh, believe that the soldiers had been paid off in order for uh, Jesus' body to go away. So they excuse or take away the uh, opportunity for resurrection. But the point about it is, is, friend, as a Christian, you and I, it's the resurrection that makes the difference. The resurrection of Jesus. I'm going to read to you what um, it says in um, Corinthians, written by someone after the fact, written by Paul, who himself meets a resurrected Jesus some years later. And this is what Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 12 through to 14. Now if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? See, there was a problem with people rejecting the resurrection. And Paul is trying to address this to the Corinthians. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. You see, without the resurrection, friend, faith is empty and it has no power. Me standing up here now, I am only regurgitating some philosophy or teaching like every other religion is trying to speak to you today. But the thing is that the resurrection demonstrates the power of God and who Jesus was. Uh, in verse 19, I'm going to try and tone me down if I get too loud, please. Uh, verse 19 of that same chapter. If in this life only we hope in Christ, we are all of men the most pitiful. Friend, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, you are pitiful. I am pitiful. I am a joke. What we say is a joke. The fact that we are here this morning is a big joke because it's just really about now and there's no real true 
uh, aspect of the resurrection. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to understand how important this is to your faith. It says uh, we sung those words uh, in, a, uh, in um, 1 Corinthians uh, 15.55, which, go, which goes further down in that um, Paul trying to get them to understand how important the uh, resurrection is. He says, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? See, the resurrection is what gives you the hope of your resurrection. Without Jesus being risen, you will not rise again. We have a hope of a resurrection that when we die, we are going to go be with him for eternity. You know, a lot of people struggle with fear of death. A lot of even Christians, I was with a man who was a believer leading up to him dying. And there was great fear in this man's heart about death. Because I want to tell you why. Because he lost sight of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, in life, it is so important that you understand this principle of the resurrection because life will come along and do some stuff that will challenge you and it is very easy to lose sight of the wonder of what the resurrection means. You with me? Hallelujah. So now I just want to, with understanding the importance of that, I want to watch, I want to take you to a bit of a wrestle that went on with the early church, uh, with the disciples on that day uh, when Jesus rose again. And I want to carry on the story in John chapter 20 from verse 11 now through to 17. But Mary stood outside the tomb so that all run, you know, John and uh, Peter had said, well, the, he's not there, and they'd run off. John said he was believing. Doesn't say what he was believing because he still didn't understand what the resurrection was all about, which is kind of interesting. So from verse 11, but... Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stood down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus was lying. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned and saw Jesus standing there, note, and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Know what she says. She, supposing him to be a gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Stop there. Think about this. Mary, Magdalene, let's backtrack the story about this woman. Mary the Magdalene, Mary, yeah that's how you say it, isn't it? I think it is. Mary Magdalene, sorry not the Magdalene, she had had a sordid history. Let's go back to when she first meets Jesus. And uh, she meets this wonderful Messiah. She'd been rejected by so many. In fact, they even tried to stop her coming to Jesus. But it says that Jesus had delivered her of a whole lot of stuff. It said that Jesus had accepted her and loved her like nobody else had to the point where she, would, uh, she wept tears for this Jesus she met. She had encountered Jesus. Then she hung out with the rest of the group. 
and she watched the miraculous power of Jesus hitting this planet. And she knew this Jesus was something more than just a man. She had fallen in love with the Savior. Are you with me? Then the crucifixion happens. And everything gets thrown up. And, and it's like every thought of who he was, her remembering the wonder of what had, she'd seen, the miracles and the deliverance in her life and, and all this stuff, just collapsed. It collapsed. It, it wasn't in her thinking anymore. And she comes to the tomb and all she wants to do in her head, she ain't looking for a resurrected Jesus. She's looking for a dead body that's going to stink and she's got to go bury that body and prepare it and she goes to the tomb and it's gone. Put yourself in her head. And, and, and it's just chaos. And then two angels are there who are glowing white. I mean, man, have you ever seen somebody glowing white? Have you ever seen two angels? Would that not stop you in your tracks to go, whoa, what is happening here? You know? No. She's caught in the heartache and the pain in her natural thinking. And then she turns and she sees Jesus. And here's the crazy thing. She thinks Jesus is the gardener. Think about it, man. Two glowing angels, the body's gone, and she looks, and there's Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, probably glowing, but her, her eyes are trapped by her natural thinking. She's trapped, and she doesn't even recognize Jesus. It's kind of like, you know, when you, when you read this stuff, man, think about these people. Think about, hey, these people are like you and me. Has anybody here met Jesus? Has anybody here met the love of Jesus? Give me a wave if you have. True? Has anybody here felt his acceptance and his healing and his deliverance and, and all those beautiful things about him? Hallelujah. But man, have you been through some stuff that has been so maybe horrendous, so earth-shattering that you've forgotten who he is? And you've forgotten the love and the care and how he said he'll never leave you and forsaken you and you've just been overwhelmed by your circumstance? Nobody here. Wilson, have you ever had that? Of course you have. I'm on the only weak faith person here. See, think about Mary. Mary was being introduced to the most powerful thing ever in history, and she couldn't see it. I want to give you a quick meaning, a couple of the words here. Is this, can you hear anything here? Gary, you're not going to nod up for you? Good. I know Diane will slap you if you do in a nice way. Now, we don't believe in domestic violence. Sorry. You know the word where it says, um, why are you weeping? So I think the two angels 
Why did they say to her, why are you weeping? Is it just kind of like off the cuff? Well, you know, we better create some connection with Mary and let's just say, you know, why are you weeping? You know what that means, that word weeping? The word weeping means to almost, uh, to wail in a uh, religious ceremonial manner uh, aloud. So, uh, I'm part Mary and my wife is Mary and in New Zealand when you go to a marae and someone's dying and, and you want to know what wailing is, dude, uh, it's loud and it's piercing. And I know there are lots of other cultures that wail. So here's this woman wailing in some ceremonial religious manner because that's what you do. And of course her heart was involved with it. And the angels are saying, why are you doing that? See, sometimes, my friends, I think we wail and we weep that way and we're not meant to because we've forgotten something or can't see something like Mary was meant to see. And she was caught in her emotion and caught in her heartache and she was pouring all that out. And it's kind of like, I imagine Jesus in heaven going, why, why are you weeping? Don't, don't you know? Don't you know who I am? Of course, again, nobody hears like that. Weeping. Then it says, whom are you seeking? Whom are you seeking? This is Jesus. Whom are you seeking? Because he says the same thing to him. Why are you weeping? Can't you see me? Can't you see who I am? Don't you know that I ain't? some dead body that you're trying to find, don't you know that I'm the Son of God and that I have been risen from the dead and that I'm about to ascend into heaven? Why are you crying like that? And then he says, whom are you seeking? Because friend, you know why? She was seeking the wrong thing. She was looking for a dead Jesus. She was looking for death. She was looking for a dead body. And I think sometimes as Christians, we fall into the trap of Mary where we forget. We forget the wonder of what he's done in us. We forget the deliverances that he's brought to our lives. We forget the acceptance and love he pours on us. And we cry. In fact, I I don't like to say it like babies. You know? Because we're seeking or looking at the wrong thing. Can I have a little amen? Hallelujah. See, the resurrection is about demonstrating to the world who Jesus really was. And the resurrection, my friend, for you and I, is for us to understand deeply, intrinsically in our heart who it is we serve and who it is we choose to follow. Because life will sometimes be difficult. She was not looking for the resurrected Jesus. She was looking for something that her mind had conjured up, in fact. Because you know what it says this? When it says this, when she supposed, she was supposing, when she turned and she gazed to see Jesus, she was supposing her mind had come to the conclusion that this being in front of her was, in fact, a gardener. How, 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 how does that happen, man? <laughs> am, I, am I just, you know, how? How at this dramatic moment does she suppose it's the gardener? 
Crazy. The gardener. <laughs> the gardener. The word suppose means this. To look, think, and conclude. So she looked, she thought, and she concluded that Jesus was the gardener. Think about it. How many times when you have looked at your circumstance or looked and you think and you conclude, does your conclusion forget the moment that you're actually in? You know, sometimes Jesus, well, actually, the scripture tells me he never will leave you. It says he will never forsake you. In fact, it said, lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. But when trouble comes, I don't know, man, it just goes out the window and our looking and our thinking and our conclusion is so far away from where Jesus wants us to be. Suppose. See, the Bible talks about a mind that is so linked to God that our looking and our thinking and our conclusions are tied up in who Jesus is. You with me? See, the resurrection, my friend, was a message to the church, to Mary, to everybody. You ain't dealing with what you think. This is way bigger than your little mind can cope with. See, she was not alone. If you read through every, uh, in the four Gospels, every aspect of the resurrection, you will find a thing called doubt. Doubt is so intrinsically trapped in the heart of the believers that even when Jesus physically was with them, doubt was still apparent. Interesting. In fact... Let me read you a couple of scriptures to show that I'm not lying to you. Luke 24.10 says, It was Mary Magdalene, Jonah, Mary the mother of Jesus, and the other woman with them uh, who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Uh, 40 to 43 in Luke. Uh, And when he said this, this is when he appeared to them. And when he said this, He showed them his hands uh, while their joy. So he showed them his hands, his feet. So, hey, look, this is me. Can you see the holes? You see the piercing? Watch 41. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. That's in the RSV. All the versions say it similar. So even when he appeared to these dudes... And it's like, wow, Jesus. They were still disbelieving, which is crazy. You know, we, we just had an awesome worship set. You know, uh, when it says about amazed, it actually means they were like worship. Wow, Jesus, hallelujah. But even in the worship, even in the praise of him, down in their heart, there was disbelief about the resurrection. And I know this morning, my friends, you might say, yes, yes, the resurrection, but friend, I guarantee to you, there are parts in your heart where doubt exists. Because we are fallen 
and we struggle to understand the massiveness of who he is. Can I have an amen if you are hearing or agreeing? I've got three. How many? Sorry. I used to think, man, I have faith like a mountain. I can move that whatever. And you know, the reality of when life comes along sometimes, mate, that massive faith that I think I am so strong in just collapses sometimes. And I realize there is doubt in my heart and I forget who Jesus is to me. My message to you this morning is a simple one. The resurrection is incredibly important because it's what sets us apart from from all all other philosophy and world religions. That's why the devil attacks the resurrection. For you, Easter should be about remembering what he did, going through the processes of seeing what he did for you, thanking him, because if you can sail on through Easter, friend, without a moment of throwing up some kind of thank you to what he did to you, then you don't, you've missed it. And the other aspect about Easter, my friends, is understanding what the resurrection means for you. Amen? I'm just going to pray a prayer. My God, I've finished on time. Jesus, thank you. I'm going to pray a prayer. Give me a wave if you think you can hear something of the Holy Spirit in this, please. Oh, Dad, did you? Oh, Dad does. I know about the kids. No, sorry, joking. Wilson, can you give me a wave if you hear something? I'll put you on the spot so you have to. Friends, we are living in a time that is chaotic, where everything is being thrown up and it is, it is designed by a devil who hates the world. And there are many Christians who have forgotten who Jesus is. And they've been swept and being swept away by the chaos. And see, never before has it been more important for the church to know who Jesus really is. Because, friend, you will forget that his promises, you will forget who he is. The other night, last night, I I was saying through the worship, there's only 10 of us here, which I was so surprised. But friend, you missed out. In the worship for me, because I've had, you know, Terry, I've got a lot of thoughts going on about stuff for the future, and a lot of it's involved with how can I raise all this money and do this and this and this, which one day you might find out about. And I'm sitting in the worship, and Karen starts, and... uh, you know, my mind's kind of still throwing all the stuff around and then, I could, then something happened. That the presence started to fall on me. And then as we sung that song about he holds the universe in his hands, my spirit began to be reminded of who it is, who Jesus is. And all the how cans fell out the window because my eyes saw who it is that I'm serving and who it is that wants us to do whatever he wants to do. And all that stuff fell away. Because I was reminded of the resurrected Jesus. Hallelujah. We close our eyes. You know, God, we are human vessels. 
Sometimes I know for me, I think, why are you bothering with me? But you do. And Lord, I know each and every person that is here. God, whatever place they are in, whatever situation they are facing, God, you are well aware and you have never left them nor forsaken them. And God, I know that the resurrected Jesus Christ wants to pour his power out in every life and in every situation. Lord, I rebuke the darkness of this present generation over each mind that is here. And God, I speak the mind of Christ being us. Father, set people free in this place. Lord, if there is any fear of death in the name of Jesus, I rebuke it and cast it away. And Lord, let that freedom, that love, that wonder of what the future holds for each of our lives be so overwhelming. God, it will propel us into his plan, into your plan. In Jesus' name. If there's anybody here this morning while every eye is closed, please, and you, maybe you've just lost sight fully of who Jesus is, and you need to recommit to him, or maybe you've never done it before, I just ask you, give me a little wave, if that is you, and we can reintroduce you or introduce you for the first time to the one who holds the universe in his hand. Is that anybody here? It's all good. Amen. So we're going to finish with, you know that first song they played? Man, I love that baby. I can't dance for rubbish, but it makes me want to dance. So uh, let's sing this song as we close. Yeah, here we go. With some sense of the resurrected Jesus and the thankfulness in our hearts towards him. Thank you very much.